0: Welcome back to the Marketplace Missionaries podcast. This is Kai Jeans here with my good friend Donnie, and we are doing part two of Zeke. Let's go. We are back. Um, If y'all missed part one, be sure to go back and listen to it. We talk about, you know, um, growing up, being athletic, not athletic, and going through that, being in college through a fraternity, and then Zeke's starting time at a car dealership. So we were talking about leadership. Um, get, during the break, so if you would, Zeke, let's talk about some leadership in your early career.
1: Yeah, so we had uh, we had been talking on the break because I had always wanted to be a super vocal leader, but I just wasn't. Um, I think some people are are blessed with a certain amount of just charisma to be able to influence their people with words, but I think the one thing that I learned in college that like there are other type of leadership roles of. Some people just lead by example, and there were just so many ways that I can look back. Of. I led with a really good example, and then there's some ways that I did horrible. Yeah. Um, definitely led some people down the wrong path just because I didn't tell them to do something, but people watch what you're doing. Um, you may not even realize it, but like people remember things that you don't remember either. Um, it might be about what you're doing, what you say. It might just be going. It's like, hey, I'm going to the gym every day at 1 o'clock. You know, want to go with me? Um, so, there's just, you know, there's a lot of different types of leadership. What was the question again? I'm, I'm, I've already forgotten. I, I,
0: think that, <laughs> I, I think that answered the question. But, like, in your time transitioning from college to the workplace, I mean, that that's a big shift change. And, like you mentioned, you know, they don't care what you did in college. Like It, yeah. it, it doesn't matter if you were a part of – Anything because it's like, hey, we're here to make money and we're here to get the job done. Yeah. What can you produce? Yeah. Yeah. What can you produce? So, like, what was that uh, transition like for you? And, you know, how did you become a leader in that frame? And how did you really, you know, hold on to your faith and exemplify your faith in that?
1: Yeah. So, I, after uh, I I even, uh, even not that long in, I knew I was probably going to, I was going to go back into real estate. Ooh, sorry, guys. He Z- has got, Z- got the hiccups. So. <laughs> I might have to go pat him on the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, when I, when I moved back home, I can remember calling my mom, and I was like, all right, I want to join into real estate, but I have no clue how to do it. The thing is about real estate is, just like anything, is you just got to jump in and just figure it out. But those... First few years for me, at least, even at this point, I really don't know how much leadership I was doing. I was just green behind the ears, just trying to absorb everything I possibly could. Um, but after a few years, just like anything, you you start to kind of kind of learn. And um, I can remember this has been four or five years ago, but probably. The most rewarding thing I'd ever done was I've done a few summers with interns. And usually it's a guy in college. I'm actually looking for one right now as we speak. I just reached out to my fraternity last week. So with that being said, if there's anybody interested in being an intern this summer, it's a paid internship and includes housing in one of the apartments I've got. So that's a little quick plug right there. That's Thanks, neat, guys. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, that was probably one of the the most rewarding things for me is because, like, um, one of the things in real estate, especially if you're not part of a large brokerage, is you don't have a ton of interaction with people other than maybe subs or some clients. And so, for years, I didn't really realize or even, like, think about, like, you know, these interactions are important and they're special You know, being able to be a part of somebody's life, whether they being able to flip a house and create their dream home for them, or just a client that's like they've never bought a house before or it's their third house. You know, those are interactions are important and one of the things that I it still touches my heart when I get to see my mom do this, but at closing, she'll basically say, you know, like, Congrats you know you're gonna make memories here. You're gonna have quick lunches. Um, you're gonna you're gonna do all these things in the hustle and bustle of life, but they all come back to memories. Mm. And so, even with what I'm doing right now, sometimes I don't feel our feelings can lie. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm making an impact. But there was like three years ago, I'd bought some apartments. And really, though, like some of those people be, kind of became my mission field because, you know, sometimes just people are treated like crap as tenants. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of saddened me one day, but it also helped me click because she just said, like, hey, I've never had a landlord that has tried to help me and keep the place nice because they just just a lot of people don't care. Um, and I hate I, I hate to even say that. Um, but it was one of those moments like, man, I can sometimes it can feel so transactional, especially in the marketplace, because you know, I got that deal under contract, okay, on to the next one, but bam, ba bam, like I'm gonna get my money and I'm rolling. like let's move on. um I've actually I've got a deal right now. uh there's a lot of there's some water issues that we uncovered during the remodel. And there's two different ways I could have done it. One, a lot cheaper. It probably would have held the problem until a year or two in, somebody owning their dream home, or I could do it right and it would cost me more money. And so those are typically, at least right now for me, those are those those are those are points in my life where like I can either be a leader here and, and do what really, really needs to be done. Even if it's going to cost me money, it's going to hit my pocketbook. Um, but there's something really nice though, when you create a product and you follow through with it and you know, when that person gets that product, they're getting something phenomenal. Um, so that's, that's right now, that's probably more in the season. I'm doing more flips than anything. So that's probably what's more on my heart. But I would just say like, you're just, especially being the young guy, like, You're going to, especially if you go into sales, you're going to get a lot of coaching of like, you know, hammer the guy, lean on the pen, you know, put the hard pressure on them, make sure they sign, like, and then once they're signed, cut the corners and go to the next deal. And I'm not saying that you don't need to be going after, you know, going after another client to be able to serve somebody or along those lines, but just make sure that you service them also. Um, That. They have a phenomenal experience you're able to make an impact on those lives. Cause like, you know, especially, you know, you're talking about being in the ministry. Like, you know, I think Steve Snyder actually told me one time when I was 18, um, I can remember him asking me, he had taken me a lunch after my dad died and he's just like, do you think you're going to go into the ministry? But his point was, it's like, you don't have to be a pastor to church to be in the ministry. Like, I still to this day, like, I, one, of the, one of the pastors of the church that I go to, um, his name's Parker, and he will, he's, he's a pastor, but I, I understand, like, I grew up with him, we're friends, but at the same time, like, sometimes we, like, when we hear a pastor of someone, like, of godly authority, we want to shut down, and so they may not have the same impact that you might be able to have in their lives, just because their heart may be maybe a little more open to you so you're, you might be able to you know hear their heart and maybe able potentially be able to speak into their lives a little bit more than maybe a pastor would ever be able to
2: dude and this is what this podcast is all about is creating and equipping marketplace missionaries to do relational event evangelism as a lifestyle and not this thing we do you know one summer on a mission trip that's yeah. really what it's all about yeah and so it's just incredible the wisdom you share just about you're essentially trying to build memories as a leader in the real estate industry with integrity. Yeah. Which is sounds like it, you know that you don't fa- you don't find that a lot especially in the real estate industry. It's just very transactional. It's not very relational. So how do you maintain that as a leader?
1: Man it's it's uh it's tough. Honestly, um, especially you when when bills come due. Honestly, um, but I think you know, going back to going back to reading and learning and staying in God's word and really focusing on the truths. That's well, that's what's going to keep you in line. Um, I know quote in these days, you know, and especially like people can. A lot of times look bad, even on the church. Like, well, I don't need the church to go to, and I won't disagree. Like, you don't have to go to church, and like, you if you want to listen to a podcast, great. But like, being among other believers and having consistent interaction with them will help keep you guided. I mean, I, God designed church for a reason, and really, just He wants you to gather with other people that are that that uh, have the same mission you know the same thoughts and you know just thinking through of like okay like yeah i'm i'm kind of wandering off on this path but you know i just interacted with this guy for 20 minutes today at church and you know he, he kind of changed my mind on that a little bit <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so what does it what does a day today look like for you what time do you get up like oh when, man <laughs> when do you when do you spend time with the lord like does your time with the Lord look like prayer life kind of just unpack all of that
1: so having a kid has been the biggest blessing for me um, I can't really say that consistently prayed um, I think when I first started when we when my wife and I first got married we we did pretty good in our prayer life but having a having a kid you know every night my wife and i would pray together before we went to bed and then now that's that's kind of transitioned into uh the same thing uh praying with my daughter before we go to bed but you would think like such a small like tiny well i'm just saying a one minute prayer but man like what our mind focuses on it it literally, God created our brain to literally have consistent, whatever we do consistently, will continue to create neural pathways. And so, you know, if you continue to focus on bad things, bad things, bad things, dude, your mind's going to continue to go there. But if you're, you're praying with your wife or just praying by yourself and, you know, you're thanking God and you're asking him to help you with things and, you know, continuing just, you know, ask for his blessing, and you'll, you will, you will receive those fruits, and same thing, it, it, it may not happen immediately, it may not, may not even happen this lifetime, Um, but yeah, I would, honestly, I would, I would consider, you know, even picking a few disciplines, um, I mean, you know. Donnie over here. He likes to work out. There's no question. His biceps are bulging through his shirt right Dude, now. I'm just trying to keep up. with you. <laughs> But something as simple as that, like you know, like our our mind, body, and spirit are all connected, and and I I truly believe that God made us to move. Um, and I know even in it, even in this day, like we, I mean, if you wanted to, you could wake up, walk to your car. Park at the front of your building, whatever you work at or go to school and maybe take like a hundred steps the whole day. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's one piece that I, that I found that like, it really does help, um, even having to even have a connection with God.
2: Just getting a, little, getting a little movement going, man. <laughs> Spiritual movement. There's, you said something about consistency that reminded me of a quote I read today. And, you know, the quote stayed read as... Pull that up, Joe. Complacency kills, consistency compounds. Mm. And it's just this beautiful mm. picture of planting those daily seeds yep. in the hearts and minds of our little ones. But then also those that we interact with at work, like for you as a, you know, the tenants, you, you have to go by and you, you, you get the check. Kai, for you, the, the people at Amazon, you know, for me, the people at Splash, it's just that consistency of planting those daily seeds, yep. knowing that the Lord is going to water it and he's always going to produce fruit. At the end of the day, the Lord is the only one that can change mm-hmm. hearts but we're still responsible for planting those daily seeds. And that was just a beautiful reminder for me, having three little ones, you know, you've got a little one, let's keep planting those seeds at home and at work and at the gym and wherever we go.
0: Yeah. I really like that. I actually saw that quote today too. I was uh, just scrolling through LinkedIn and stuff, but also like that quote made me think about like the receiving end and kind of encouraged me. Like, you know, even if you don't see fruit from somebody today, like a bunch of people did not see fruit from me for a long time. And it's like, yeah. now it's like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm out here fighting heavy for the Lord. Like, So, I mean, just if you're out there and you're not hearing or seeing much fruit, like, dude, it, you just keep on planting seeds like Donnie's saying, and yeah. one of them's going to sprout. Like, and, you know, you could have a big old oak tree. You <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you yeah, know,
1: I'm, I'm going back to my brother because he's actually – He's into permaculture, but essentially he's thinking about planting fruit trees. And the hardest thing for him is like, you know, I could plant these trees. And if I move properties, I may not actually benefit from Mm -hmm. any of that fruit. And so I just want to kind of go back to that too of you may not, you may plant some seeds. You may not see the fruit, but your friend might, or your neighbor might, or the next generation might.
0: Yeah, that's really that's what I uh, when I was leaving the fraternity, I was talking to the I led one guy to Christ my whole time in college, and I don't even know if I can take too much credit for it, but uh, I will. Um, I told him I was like, dude, hey, I'm just the road paver. I was like, I have it was it was trees and everything blocked down our fraternity house. Like there was no Jesus in there, so it's like, man, I I'm just here to pave the road first. something you take it like and you get the fruit like i don't care who gets it. i just want someone to come to christ Like, no. i just want to keep bringing people to christ
2: yeah and for me i mean i i met a guy in 2015 at a coffee shop uh he's an older gentleman and you know we have spent a ton of time together over the last what's it eight years now dude that's so cool and the guy still hasn't come to faith you know, and just, just being completely honest, at times it's been discouraging. Mm. It's like, Lord, I know you have a desire to see this guy come to faith. I have a desire. So many people have prayed for this gentleman. Why haven't you changed his heart? Yeah. But the Lord has a clear plan for this guy. Yeah. And who am I to, to question the Lord on that plan for his life? And so all I can do is continue to be faithful and obedient and keep planting those seeds, man, and let the Lord do his work.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's sort of the same thing. It's like, you know, you can meet with him for eight years, 10 years, 20 years, and then another guy, quote, comes along, and for whatever reason, God is able to use him to change his heart just like that. I always think back to the the Billy Graham story of, like, the guy at the bus stop or whatever, and they talk about, like, you know, uh, from from my understanding of the story, like, he was saved from a guy at the bus stop or something, but they're like... You know, was it the guy at the bus stop that should get all the fruit of Billy Graham's fruit or, you know, vice versa? Just kind of stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think it essentially came down to 99 people shared the gospel with them; didn't come to faith. and one guy at the bus stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Billy Graham, man, what a legend. Oh, gosh.
0: Which another aspect of that, um, like, you know, we can't lead anyone to Christ on our own, but it's like, it's because we can't do anything in that journey with yeah. them. Like, you know, I think it's good, especially for the South and like our predominant region that listens to this. Like it, your mom and daddy going to church doesn't save you. <laughs> like it's an individual decision. Like I think I grew up a lot. And I think a bunch of my buddies um, growing up in a small town, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Yep. Um, my family's been a Christian. Uh, my, de- my grandpa's a deacon. Um, but I think that is really good too to mention like, you know, like, you can't bring the coffee shop guy to Christ. Nope. you just can't. You can no lead him up to the gates. Can't make him walk Trust through. Trust me, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will try Yeah, he said I tried to push him through the gates. <laughs> dunk him, man, dunk his head in a
2: bucket of water, baptize him. <laughs> Let's yeah,
0: one hundred percent. But at the end of the day, it's such a it, it is an individual relationship with the Lord that does save you. You know, like it does take f- your own personal faith to save you. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's just really good to point that out.
2: Yeah, just you know, one thing you'll as say a lot seek is salvation is by grace alone yeah. through faith alone in Christ alone. That's the formula of salvation that's the biblical foundation of salvation. Uh, it's not because of our works but the work Jesus Christ has done for us and so just yeah. want you just want to speak to that because oftentimes you're living in the South, especially yeah. in Arkansas you know uh, that can be viewed differently. so
1: I 100% agree.
2: So, kind of tell us about the scope of your your business. I mean, you spoke earlier about doing flips. Are you doing more uh, residential, commercial? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so right now, uh, my main focus is residential. But I do have a desire to get into more commercial and development. Um,
2: we want to hear about your dreams. What, what's your dreams?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, I I think when I I'd moved down to Argenta, downtown Northwood Rock, five or six years ago now, and it was still kind of viewed as, like,
2: dog, maybe. Dogtown? Yeah, so
1: still called Dogtown, but it was still viewed as, like, very rough, and it's been crazy to see the transition, but it was one of the first times where I was like, I can make an, it's the same thing, I can make an impact on this area. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what it is. I've got some properties that I can transform and sell. And I just, I see the momentum and I see that the potential that maybe I could have an impact on some change. And I think everybody, I think God placed them on, on our hearts to want to make an impact, especially men um, in the business world, even more so. Um, I think men are, are driven to go out and conquer and you know slay the lion and bring home the meat. Nice. Uh, but during that journey down there it, it really did kinda of open my eyes of like I enjoyed uh just the potential of being able to like bring up an area. And so um the the thing that pays the bills right now is probably Phillips. Um but I have a I have a vision to, to change an area in Northwood Rock right now. Hmm. Um other than Argenta, I've sold most of that now and um, I just see there's a really good spot in North Rock and Park Hill um, that just has a lot of opportunity right now. So.
2: so, Kai, I know you're you're super passionate about real estate as well, and you just recently bought your first rental property. So for the two of you guys, I mean, how does a young guy or a young gal get into real estate? Do you need a lot of capital? What does all that look like? You, you want to take the, I, you
0: go first oh okay. you go you I, got this I, I'm not that experienced so this is uh this is me rolling with it so my method is I mean not that much capital right like coming right out of school but I, I bought my first house USDA which I would suggest to everyone coming right out of school because it's zero down yep. if you don't know go look it up like and honestly the requirements are very loose. Like
1: the rates are pretty good too.
0: Yeah, the rate was good. Like Bryant, Arkansas. I don't know if y'all you know where it's at. Um,
1: <laughs> I lived there for five years. Yeah, let's go.
0: That's USDA, and yep. I was like really amazed when I found that out. So I bought my first house USDA. So and I actually closed with like seven hundred and eighty-one dollars or something. Like that's my <laughs> whole closing. So wow. um, then I lived there for a year. Bought a ha- Now I live in West Little Rock, so I bought a house in West Little yep. Rock. I just put 5% conventional. But I was I will say, the only thing about a USDA loan, when you go to close on your next house, it's going to be a shock. When yeah. you go from $700 <laughs> to the next one, you're going to be like, oh, I was not ready for that.
1: Dude, you hit it on the point because, like, I seriously encourage people, especially because, like, with 21-year-old guys, 22, fresh out of college, whatever, like, everybody wants to jump right in. And, like, you just really need to know how to, like, manage – Home. Mm. The idea of like, I'm going to go manage property for like, like, there's a learning curve. Like, obviously, like, I'm there's anomalies, and I'm not going to say a 21 year old can't go out and buy 100 properties, they 100% can. But like, if you can't manage your own home yet, it's going to be really, really hard to manage journal property Um, because there's just a learning curve. Like, I, uh, when I started buying property, I literally did not. like So I was the opposite. I lived with my mom and had bought like 15 properties by the time I was like 24. Hmm. And I didn't know how to change a doorknob. But <laughs> I was really, my, my degree was in finance. And so I knew how to pencil some numbers.
0: Hmm.
1: And I knew what banks liked. And I knew what like... Basically, like when they start looking at global cash flows and debt coverage ratios, I knew how to make that look clean. So I'm living at home, don't have any money, and I'm just buying everything I can put my hands on. I learned a great lesson during those first few years because just because it pencils on the monthly, I was buying like junk multifamily. And if you know anything about junk multifamily, if you don't redo them before you buy them, you're gonna have a lot of stuff break. And so I think like the first month, I had bought a—I call it my baby blue. I'd bought like a sixty-five thousand-dollar duplex, and nothing had been to that done to that in twenty years. So the first month, both of them moved out. Granted, sixty-five grand, so my mortgage obviously wasn't that much. <laughs> I had it on a thirty, I put like twenty percent down. Um, but it still hurts when you go no cash flow and both the units need to be redone. I think I actually got my brother, which also knew nothing about. He like painted the place, put down carpet himself, knew nothing about laying flooring, so I'm sure it looked like crap. Um But yeah. I think that was a phenomenal start because you get your feet wet. You kind of learn about a house, I'm sure. Like, what was the first thing that broke when you moved in?
0: So, my house was, like, 19. the first house I bought was, like, 1970s all original. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I pulled out the drawer to the right of my stove, and it was the original stove receipt. Like, when I say nothing (laughs) been changed in that house – which, I, I bought it, like, right when, I mean, it was so hard to find a house when I yeah. bought my house, man. Like, I remember this house was on the market for 10 days, and I was like, huh, double digits. I think Let's we go. can get a deal. I was like, I <laughs> do not think they have a buyer. I was like, I'm in it. So, um, I, and looking back, like, was I too eager to buy a house? More than likely. Yeah. But, like, it's worked out But well you learned. learned. Yeah, like, I definitely learned a lot, and especially at such a young age. So, like, I'd say just, yeah, man, like, and you told me the same thing, like, when we... First yeah. met. like, dude, just get in there and do something. If yeah. you mess it up, like, it's better than looking back and being like, "Oh man, I wish I had bought a house back then." Like, yeah, and I mean, I also house hack. Like, if you yeah. if you're a single man coming out of college, you got you got more than enough buddies that are <laughs> looking for a place to live as well. Like, hundred percent, buy a house, move them in, and then from a Christian aspect, which honestly, I can do a lot better job of this. It's been on my heart a lot. But like, it's such a good life-on-life life mission. Yeah. When you live with some guys, yeah, be like, "Hey, dude, you you're know, doing life with a man." Yeah, like, <laughs> who's doing the dishes today? Because
1: I'm sick of y'all <laughs> yeah. not doing any. And, you know?
0: and there's like no secrets. Like, you want to talk about someone wanting to find out if you're a Christian or not? Like, live with them. Like, yeah. and I, I hope my roommates would. Would say that I am like I, I definitely need to do a better job like just full disclosure. Yeah, thunder. he'd
1: say, "Hey, he screwed up just like the rest <laughs> of us, but he's he's uh, he's trying." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, man, it's like it's such a good life on life. So from a finance and a godly aspect, like yeah, a, a real marketplace missioner, go buy you a house right out of school, move some buddies into it. I man, like, that's
1: that is the ultimate house <laughs> hack right there. Yeah. It really is. um, I had a I have a buddy that he did that early on and it's like dude by the time he was 30 he he paid the mortgage like it was just him and he literally applied both roommates to principal Mm. so 30 years old man he had a two hundred thousand dollar house paid for i mean i mean granted that is like that's unheard of i think the average buyer is like 35 or 36 so you know it's got him it's like I'm 30 years old, my house is paid for. I mean, that's a dream. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100
0: <100%, laughs> I, I thought about going that route, too. Like, it's it just opens up the world of possibilities when you can cut the bills out. Like, yeah. And, I mean, it's helped me, you know, even, like, feel more free to give Yeah, my life away to, like, missionaries and stuff, so...
2: Man, it's been really good here today. I yeah, really so Z, it. so Zeke, as we get to the kind of the end of your second episode, uh, how would you define a marketplace missionary?
1: You're going to hit me with a tough question <laughs> right at the end, huh? Oh, man. Man, I, I would just say that, like, and I, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but being in the marketplace, like, you have the opportunity to interact with, A lot of people, or maybe just a few people, um, depending on what type you are. But, like, you don't realize how much, even if it's just those few people, how big of an impact you can have on their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, dear Lord, Jesus had a few disciples, not very many. And, I mean, think about the impact that they had. 2,000 years later, man. Literally 2,000 years (laughs) later. (laughs) I mean it's crazy, but I, I do. It's like I, I think, especially even getting out of school, I wanted to continue to like try to interact and and you know be around as many people as possible. But I think I'm really learning this year. It's like, dude, you kind of have to select those few that you really want to make an impact mm-hmm. on. Because if you're trying to make an impact on a hundred people. Dude, you're gonna be wearing yourself into the ground,
2: and your wife, and your kids,
1: and your wife and your kids, because like, dude, they they need you. Absolutely. I mean, they need you. Um, but like, man, you make an impact on three guys or one guy, and then that guy makes an impact on five guys. I mean, you know, so it's, it's like a ripple effect. And so, wherever you're at, whether you're you know you're you're happy in your role or not, or you know whatever it maybe is, maybe you're looking for something else. Just remember that like. The interactions that you have are special, and you just you have you don't even realize the impact that you can make for for God in those situations.
2: That's incredible, man. Well, Zeke, thank you so much. Um, Kai, do you want to do you have anything before we close off? Hey, no, man. Thanks for
0: thanks for coming, Enjoy audience, it. Thanks for listening again. You know, um, we'll be back again next week.
2: Yeah, thank- and then for the audience, we're gonna you know we're we're gonna tag Zeke uh, on on our Instagram and you know we'll, we'll put his episodes out on Spotify as soon as we get those um, kind of finalized so if you want to follow Zeke if any of you have more questions about potentially being his intern yeah, please reach out to him you know uh, do you you mean you've got social media obviously yep. but is there another way they can contact you
1: they can give me a shout on myself
2: man okay and we'll, <laughs> we won't put that on public but <laughs> no, <go ahead. laughs> Anyway, yeah. uh, well, shoot me an email. Call me. We will put your uh, we'll put your email. In the <laughs> I, I really thought you were going to drop your phone number. Let's go. This man's to get a bunch of phone calls. So. Yeah, man. Well, so, well, Zeke, thank you so much, and uh, man, just encouraged by by today yeah, and just all the wisdom and insight you shared with us, not only from a practical standpoint in the marketplace as a, a real estate leader, but also just living your faith out as a husband and as a dad because, you know, that's that's our priority first and foremost is our relationship to the Lord, then our relationship to our wives, kids, and then work, you know. And so just thank you for sharing that. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys.